And we'll take you right up to 1 o'clock when the Diamondbacks take over for a spring training game. It's been really nice to see some baseball in action. That's why we brought our friend Cody Fincher. from. Uh, we do the Ain't No Fang podcast together at ArizonaSports.com. Shameless plug. Also, friend... That's what I was going to say. say Did I say that? That's what I was going to say. Did I say friend? Is that a Freudian slip of yours? No, I meant it. I know know you meant it. I meant it from my perspective. Oh, well, I don't want to get into your guys' stuff. um, We did a a podcast today, actually, talking about the fifth spot in starting rotation. It's kind of three or four guys might be in the mix for this last spot, but it appears that it might already kind of be a one-man race. To me, it's Dre Jamison's spot to lose. I agree with you. I mean, yeah, each guy that's kind of been in that, uh, a candidate for that spot is only thrown in two games, so it's still early, but Jamison hasn't given up a run. He He has only given up a hit. I mean... He's been electric so far. I mean, I mean he looks like the guy that yeah. pitched in September. And yes, that's exactly he does. What we were he was for. so good. He was so good in September last year when he got called up, and it's kind of carried over into spring training. Yeah, he's not facing A plus lineups every game so far, obviously, but still, I mean, there are major league hitters in those lineups. So he's and he's gone right through every you know batter he's faced so far. And I think the thing about Dre that just sets him apart from everybody else, and this isn't like a knock on Ryan Nelson, or it's not a knock on Brandon Fott, because Fott has this same ability. He's just a little bit younger, less experienced. Dre throws hard, and there's not a lot yes. of guys in this Diamondbacks rotation that throw hard. And like, consistent upper 90s and perhaps even low 100s, and I think that's going to only benefit the Diamondbacks this year if they give them the opportunity. Now, the thing is, we're talking about four innings for Dre Jameson. We're talking about I four and a third for they Tommy Henry. good innings, though. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. It's, it's early impressions, though, I guess is my point. There's plenty of time in the next three or four weeks in spring training for any one of these guys to just skyrocket and take off or just totally crater. So it is early returns, but the early returns for Dre Jamison, pretty darn good. Um, what about some of the bullpen pieces? Because I feel like they brought in a ton of names, and they're just trying to see what sticks. Is there anything that stood out so far in well, their usage of the bullpen? Miguel Castro has been pretty good so far. Um, I don't think he's given up a run at all. Scott McGuff hasn't given up a run. Also hasn't struck anybody out, which is kind of interesting. Um, but, I mean, get a guy out. I don't care how you do it. Um, <laughs> this kid, I don't know if you guys have seen him. Justin Martinez, uh, one of their younger prospects who we discovered when recording the podcast earlier today that he is on the 40-man roster. The dude throws over 100 miles an hour. There was a, I don't know if you guys saw it on Twitter. There was a picture of the scoreboard at Camelback Ranch. It couldn't even put up... A miles per hour because it, it ha- didn't have the capability to go triple digits. Wow. It said he was throwing a zero zero mile an hour fastball. And we're like, that's not right. In one game, he topped out at one oh two. Now, can he locate the ball? I'm not sure. He's young. He's the number twenty one prospect now in their system. That guy has has impressed me. Um, obviously, Chafin and Mantiply are locks. Melanson Melanson got his first appearance the other day was not good. Um, but it's just one one outing, so we'll see. It's his it's, first outing. It's one outing, but at the same time, we're comparing two pretty solid outings yeah. for this. And I expect better from Mark Melanson. I don't care if it's in like the third inning or the fourth inning where yeah. you're still facing against top-tier talent. Like You're Mark Melanson. Go out there and shut the dude down. Yeah, I, I almost hope Tori never names a closer. 
I, I kind of, not. I hope he doesn't because there's so many guys in this bullpen that can do it that have done it in the past. Like you have Jerry's Familia in your bullpen who was one of the premier closers in the league. Former All-Star, I yeah, think. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I mean, he was the he was the Mets star closer before they got Edwin Diaz obviously. I mean, he's he's older and here on a minor league deal, but he he has a chance to make the bullpen as well and I, the bullpen's going to be super interesting. Corbin Martin is now a full-time reliever, you know, he's not Is that a, official? I yeah, he's been tran- wow. he's been transitioned to full-time relief, so who knows if he can maybe get a long reliever spot in that bullpen. I'm not sure, but it's it's going to be it's going to be really interesting. There's a lot of guys like and there's also, you know, Vargas is down there and Solser. All these guys have a chance to make the bullpen. It's funny too because I believe last week Steve and I were we were sharing our bold predictions for the season and I think both of us the only one we came to agreement on because you were just busy ripping all of my bold predictions I did do that the one yeah. we came to agreement on was that Scott McGuff is kind of the sneaky guy that could just end up with the closer role well, he had sixty nine saves in the last two seasons in Japan yeah. I mean he's got experience now Japan is certainly not the same as doing it in the major leagues but. If you want to talk about a guy that maybe was a market that the Diamondbacks plucked into that other teams weren't necessarily looking at as hard, that's a guy with experience in the ninth inning. I believe Merrill came from Korean baseball, but like, yes. it's not like this is a first-time thing, particularly for Mike Hazen. They did it with find, Yoshi. To find dudes in Asia. Yeah, they Yoshi Hirano was another guy that they found over there. Um, yeah, Merrill Kelly's been their second best pitcher and he, you know he goes to he goes to the KBO and finds himself and comes back over so yeah i mean scott mcguff and the thing about i'm not sure if he learned to throw this pitch over there but the thing about and when you think about most japanese pitchers they all have what a ridiculous splitter yes this dude Kode Senga for the Mets has a splitter called the Ghost Fork. <laughs> yes, please. So if you're, if you always have the best name. If you're telling yeah. me you Darvish throws like 18 pitches, yeah. um, if you're telling me that Scott McGuff learned to throw a splitter in Japan, sign me up because it's probably a really good one. Remember yeah. the gyro ball? Dice that was Daisuke, right? Yeah, oh, man. When he had the jar, there was like yeah. an inverse slider. Shohei Otani's splitter is ridiculous. It doesn't um, even make sense the direction it moves for a right-hander. I mean, sometimes it's yeah. Just if you're bizarre. if you're looking for a guy with closer experience, yeah, like you said, it's it's in Japan. It's not major leagues, but hey, the ninth he's done inning. It. Is the ninth, the ninth inning. inning of any baseball game is the ninth inning. So. He might have an outside chance. Miguel Castro also has really good stuff, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in the ninth inning, yeah, too. Yeah, he's got those incentives in his contract. Sure, yeah. that if you close a game, you get more money. Um, one thing we were trying to figure out on the podcast today is what is the role for Paven Smith moving forward? He's a guy that we considered on the bubble for making the roster. He's a below-average outfielder when it comes to the like the actual fielding of the position. They have other guys that are better. He's left-handed, which they just don't need out there with all the other guys. solid first baseman as of this past yeah, season. Yeah, and Christian Walker played 160 games last season. So how much of a role are you really going to have as a backup first baseman? Is there a reason to put him on the roster opening day? Um, unless there's an injury, I would say no. Um. Well, we we haven't really gotten to look at Kyle Lewis yet. I think that's coming soon. But I just don't really see a scenario where the D-backs keep 
Paven Smith on the roster just so he could be the backup first baseman because you do have Evan Longoria who can slide over to first base. You have Lourdes Gurriel Jr. who's played first base in the past. Um, and both of those guys can DH as well because I think your starting outfield is McCarthy, Thomas, and Carroll. And, you know, depending on lefty-righty, you, you know, they'll mix and match there. But I just don't know where the spot is for Paven Smith on this roster, if every if everyone is healthy, I just don't really see. I think they're going to give Kyle Lewis a fair shake because they traded for him this offseason. And, he, you know, two or three years ago, he was the rookie of the year. Yeah, 2020 short season. But um, I just I, I don't know where the, the opening is right now for Paven Smith. I'll be honest. If it wasn't for Gambo bringing it up with uh, manager Tori Lovello a couple of weeks back, I forgot that Paven Smith was even a part of this team. Like, I'm so zeroed in on all of these young outfielders and the stretch that they had after the All-Star break that I almost forgot that Paven Smith wasn't even a part of that because he was struggling and got injured. Mm-hmm. Well, and you kind of had this experiment over the last few years where you were converting Dalton Varsho to an outfielder from yeah. a catcher. And it worked really well. And you were trying to convert Paven Smith from a primary first baseman at a time. Remember, he was drafted in the first round at a time when Paul Goldschmidt was still here. He's Mike Hazen's first draft pick. I mean, he's, and yeah. you had Seth Beer in the mix eventually when they made the trade with Granky, and mm-hmm. you had Kevin Crone in the organization, and Payton, Christian Walker, <laughs> and Christian Walker. Paven Smith wow. was—I uh, don't—I don't know how to put it, but he—he he wasn't necessarily needed at the time they brought him in. I, I just don't know if there's a spot because, like you said, I mean, I'm not saying Christian Walker is going to play 160 games again this year. That's why almost, not? That's almost unheard of. I mean, 140 just, though. Yeah, it seems reasonable. If, even if you take off. 20 games. Are you keeping Paven Smith on the roster just so that he might play first base 25 times in the season? You know, plus maybe a couple I, DHs I just, here when and you there. can maybe keep an extra reliever or Kyle Lewis. Um, I, I just, I, I just don't know where the at bats are going to come for Paven Smith unless there's an injury. I think in reality, the only thing Paven has going for him is his first base experience. Yeah, who is the first baseman behind Christian Walker? I don't know if there is one. Well, like and Cody I, mentioned, there's a lot of guys who can do sure, it. Sure, but I don't want to train some dude who can play first base behind a dude that won the Gold Glove last year and very deservedly won the Gold Glove last year. You have to replace that defense as well. It's not just the bat in the right. order. Yeah. So Paven Smith, no, he doesn't match up defensively to what Christian Walker did, but he's better than like the occasional Longoria or the occasional Rojas. <laughs> it it in that feels. Spot. It feels like. And it's not fair, but it feels like the the thing hurting Paven Smith the most is that he's left-handed. He's a left-handed hitter. And that's not There's, his fault. It's not his fault. He was he he's, he can't change that. I mean, no. I guess you could all of a sudden become a switch hitter, but yeah, take he could a pull a Cedric yeah. Mullins. Yeah, just, yeah, sure. Eh, I don't uh, think I'm going to hit that way anymore. They have so many left-handed hitters. I mean, that's another thing too. They need. Would you rather have on this team? A right-handed hitting Kyle Lewis. Yeah, he didn't have a good year last year, but but he also plays stellar defense in the outfield, right? And he can DH as well. Would you rather have a right-handed hitting outfielder in Kyle Lewis or a le- another left-handed hitter in Paven Smith? I think the the odds are going to be that Lewis gets that spot. So it's it's going to be it's going to be a tough decision, I think, too, for Paven to be sent back down. I think he's gonna he'll go right down to AAA. And if there's an injury or whatnot, something happens, he'll come right back up. Uh, Something to keep an eye on as we move forward with spring training. Uh, Bear, thanks for popping in with us. Appreciate you being here. You got it.